This is Learn From Others, where we interview a cross-section of successful individuals so you can learn from their experiences, achievements, and even their mistakes. We ask four questions that will educate and inspire. Greg Stanley will be your guide as we join our guests on a journey from adolescent daydreaming to success in today's world. Join us on this adventure as we learn from others together. Well, welcome to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. I'm very excited to introduce our special guest today, Jonathan Denwood. Jonathan, how are you doing today? I'm fine, Craig, and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's much appreciated. No, I really appreciate your time. And before we find out what you're actually doing today, if you would, could you tell me, what did you want to be when you grew up? God, what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> oh, it's so long ago, Craig. Uh, um, I always fancied to be the train driver. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. At my modern train set. Okay, so you would control the trains on the living room floor or whatever and thought that might be a fun job to do when you grew up? Yeah, that's right. Wow, that's really cool. Well, tell us, what do you do today and does it at all involve trains? No trains, unfortunately. Basically, what what we do at WP Tonic um, is that we build on WordPress, which is one of the leading um, website building platforms in the world. It runs over 34% of all websites used. And we use the power of WordPress and we have a niche. We build e-learning courses using WordPress and a number of other tools for e-learning entrepreneurs, coaches, companies, um, anybody that's looking for either internal training or to sell courses externally on, on the web. I see that as a huge opportunity and business probably growing exponentially right now, I would imagine, correct? It is still growing quite massively. Um, I think we've only scratched the surface of e-learning, um, and I think there's still um, a lot of traction to come in this particular area. And for our students who might not know how this is applicable, they're probably doing some of this in school, I would imagine. I know I've been through a lot of these training courses where it really walks you through kind of the curriculum in a very kind of interesting way. It makes sure that you focus in on the question, that you know the answers, that you take your time to read it, that there's, you know, qualifications. You got to hit certain check marks along the way to make sure, you know, everything flows appropriately and incorporates videos. Is that all the type of work that you do? Exactly, Greg. It's... um. But um, the beauty of WordPress is there's a number of um, plugins. Um, if your listeners, and I would imagine a lot of them have utilized a WordPress website in some form or another, is that you can install plugins which add extra functionality. And the thing is, there's a number of what are called learning management systems, which are systems that help you organize and structure your online courses. And the beauty of WordPress is there's about three to four. Uh, major players that are competing with one another so you get the best of breed if you look at using WordPress. Okay yeah that's really great and I love the space that you're in and that you know I have you down as an e-learning entrepreneur so if you could could you kind of take us from being a little kid playing with your model train to today like how did you get to where you are what educational path did you go in and what was your career path like up until this point well it's been a kind of winding road really because I, I have dyslexia and I wasn't um, I was a bit of a mystery at school and people don't like mysteries really do they uh, <laughs> no. um, so I left school with no qualifications and then um, at the age of 24 I got into retailing and my parents um, bless their heart they're both dead now but at the time, I didn't realise what an amazing thing they did for me. 
but they um, were guarantor of a loan on their own personal home and that and with the savings that I had saved I opened my first business at age of 24 and um, that over 20 years that built out into small chain of retail stores what kind of retail was this was it clothing was it you know electronics what kind of retail it was in dry cleaning actually really okay yeah. that's a pretty fascinating path to take after school how did you how did that present itself well my father um had been had his own um, business in dry cleaning which he had sold about five to six years before I opened mine but he had some industry connections so business came up and my, uh, to be the owners wanted to sell it and my father said would you be interested and at the time I was working for a large independent London based dry cleaning company as a kind of manager stroke assistant i was working with the owner of the business and i thought yeah i'm up for it and um, that's how my business career started i got into i wanted um to be the first in my family to go to university and i've been interested in computers to help me with my dyslexia so I kind of learned, um, it was the early days of Windows, I'm aging myself, it was like Windows 98 when I got into it, and the internet was just starting and I was fascinated, so I was one of the few, first people in the UK to get a, a internet account and a modem, and we used to used to hear all this noise from your modem to log in, look it up on Google folks, Our, um <laughs> I got fascinated that and I wanted to go to university because I thought, you know, I've got no qualifications. I've done well in this business, but I kind of told myself that I needed a degree as a sign that I was intelligent. So um, my local university that was about 500 yards away from my main production had started a new course um, in um, multimedia and development, which was a hybrid of coding with some graphic design. And they they were looking, you actually built courses or, or um, multimedia applications, as they were talked about in those days, on CD-ROMs, which also our <laughs> listeners probably know nothing about, using uh, a program called Macromedia Director, which uh, um, no longer exists. Um, um, so I started there and, um, I did it full time, but I didn't tell them that I was running a, a full time business at the same time. So I managed to do it in three years, which killed me. And then I, um, I decided to do a year after I decided to do an MA, but that was at the London School of Print and Design. And I used to have to just go down one day a week and then they would allow me to do the rest remotely. Um, so that worked out a lot better, even though the trek down to London was a little bit long-winded. Right, right. Yeah. Now, what at what age did you finish your degree? Um, I did my um, in my thirties. Um, I, I think I finished my degree when I was thirty-seven. Well, good for you. I finished mine when I was thirty-two or so. So I I took the long path as well. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So where did you go uh, after this? At this point, well, I did some freelance running my business, and I, I really did the um, the web thing. I was really big into Flash, which is something that's disappeared as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be a trend in this discussion that's really very relevant to your listeners. Really, I've already talked about three technologies that no longer exist. 
Well, Flash is still around. It's still part of the Adobe Design Product Suite. But at the time I got in it, it was really a very powerful technology. And then the iPhone appeared and Steve wasn't very, um, he wouldn't allow Flash applications to run on the iPhone. And that really scuppered the, um, the appeal of um, Flash because everybody wanted, you know, um, their website to run on the iPhone. But I got into that as a developer stroke designer and I did some, I think I did some nice work for some um, London-based agencies. My girlfriend, who was an American, became my wife and um, under the strict um agreement at some stage we she would go back to america um she said she couldn't tolerate english weather forever and i was a bit burnt out so um i was agreeable so we sold everything and we moved to america i started my present business which is wp tonic so now you went from being an entrepreneur in the dry cleaning space and then went back and got your degree and started getting into the it space and now you're an entrepreneur in the it space correct exactly because um, I'm semi-unemployable, really, because of my dyslexia, but also my attitude, really. Um, um, I love working for people, but I also love the freedom of being able to, to some extent, um, have your own control over one's time, to some extent. Right. Now, if you would, kind of walk me through how you started the business up, because anybody who's ever talked to an entrepreneur, it's always you know, 24-7, probably for the first couple of years. How did you get this business up and running? Well, the fact is uh, um, it's always 24-7, whatever yeah. stage you are. <laughs> uh, um, just that's the difference between a, a normal job and working for yourself. But what I mean is you've got the flexibility of maybe having a couple of days off. or But there will be times where um, you literally are working like 14, 16-hour days. Well, I got into it uh, when we moved to America. I took a year off. And then I started to do some freelance work for some local agencies and also building up some direct clientele. And then the recession hit and it was a it was real struggle for about three or four years, but I kept at it. But I was just a kind of doing freelancing work for some agencies in San Francisco. The agency work in, because um, I live in northern Nevada, dried out. But I went down to San Francisco and got some agency work from them because the recession didn't seem to be um, so bad in the San Francisco area. And I had some direct clients, so I muddled through. But about three to four years ago, I decided that I needed, I wanted to base my business on online inquiries so I, I needed to find a niche and i had just done a job a san francisco agency um, marketing agency for a client that wanted to build a course on wordpress and i really enjoyed the project so i decided that would be a good thing um, to specialize on and that's what we do now we we build e-learning courses and platforms for clients all over the world that's really awesome that's a great way to build your business, to identify where the need is, and then build your business around the need. And it sounds like you're one of the early adopters for a lot of things, right? To some extent. I got into WordPress. Um, I was using Drupal, um, no, Joomla, actually. And I was using another platform. And then somebody introduced me to WordPress. But this was around 3.0. And it was still very heavily marketed as a blogging platform. And it just introduced a navigation system. Before that, it didn't even have a proper navigation structure system, which they introduced around 3.0. And 
I could see um, it was much easier to use for clients to use. And I thought this is probably the right path to go down. And uh, I've been part of the WordPress community for over 10 years now. Wow, that's really great. That's really cool. As a reminder, you can check out all previous episodes at learnfromothers.org. And if you're an educator or a student, you can search for podcasts by Career Cluster. So, Jonathan, we learned what you wanted to be when you grew up, which as a little kid, it was a train conductor, and then what you do today, which is an e-learning entrepreneur. So looking back on your entire career, what would you do differently? Be bold. Uh, you know, I think it's the people that you mix with that really matter in life. And I think trying to find a group of people and then also a mentor and being as professional and insightful in the industry that you're going to be spending a great chunk of your life in. But the other thing is, I think, listeners, what you probably notice in my story is that a lot of the niche technologies that I started off with have disappeared. I think also a good example is look at the iPhone. You know, Steve showed that at um, San Francisco, I think about eight years ago. Obviously, he's dead. But um, I think it was eight, nine years ago he showed that product. Look how it's completely changed the way people live now. You know, most younger people um, who were brought up with mobile technology like the iPhone couldn't really, I think, would find it very hard to exist a couple of days without being connected through their mobile phone. And it's a complete new industry that wasn't there eight, nine years ago. So... I think what you got to accept is that whatever sector, whatever your higher education is going to be, is that you probably is going to be you're going to be utilising those skills in a totally different industry than what you initially thought you were going to specialise in. Right. Yeah, and that's a really good point because as things change rapidly, especially in the world you're in, you know the folks that stay on top of it and are able to jump on the next thing and make it work are the ones that are going to be successful, which is really fascinating. And obviously you've done that because you no longer use Flash, right? So (laughs) yeah, that's really cool. Well, now let's talk to the student who would like to do what you do. So define that as you will as an entrepreneur, as an e-learning entrepreneur, however you want to define that, what advice would you give them? Well, first of all, you probably don't need a degree. And I had an interview um, about six to eight months ago from Ryan Carson, who's the CEO of Treehouse. And it's episode 365. So if you want to go to the WP Tonic website, you can listen to that interview. And Ryan Treehouse is one of the biggest online resources for training people who want to become a coder or a developer in either WordPress or other um, web-based technologies, and um, he was—he's got a very critical view of the existing university structures that you find in the U.S. and the U.K. And to some extent, I agree with him. I think in the next ten or less, probably in the next five years, we're going to see an enormous change in higher education. And I think really uh, in the technology area. A four-year course is probably not the best route to go down at the present moment. There are kind of um, boot camps and there are apprenticeship kind of structures, which you probably would be better to look at 
if you're really serious about getting a career in technology. That's really good advice because I think it comes down to, and correct me if I'm wrong here, it comes down to what do you know and how good are you at it, you know, using those skills. And there's so many resources out there right now that might not be a traditional college or university, correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very, um, I think one of the strengths of the American system and the Canadian system that was um, demolished in the UK, unfortunately, in the 90s, is you still have a very strong community college system that is, in a lot of states, unloved and uninvested in. And a lot of the resources go to state universities to a lesser extent than what they should do. I actually think that the reverse should be the case, where I think in the modern world, the two-year associate degree or other kind of course structures through community colleges would really probably suit the modern training environment than the four-year classical structure of a classical U.S. degree, which I think will never disappear completely and to a much smaller minority would probably be totally um, suitable but for the majority of Americans, I think is probably totally unsuitable. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. And we definitely have a lot of community colleges here in the U.S., as well as a lot of for-profit colleges that make it, uh, or a lot of different options in which to pursue an entry-level degree. So that's a great point. Well, are there any projects you're working on that you would like to share? Well, um, we finished a large project at the beginning of the year, but it went on for about six months, and it was a very big project. It was a, it was a, a very large religion um, church and that had over 10,000 members and they had a number of websites and a number of um, courses on different websites and they were using a priority um, SaaS platform that was getting very expensive and also they just wanted one login that would allow students to log into multiple different courses on different websites so first of all we had to move a number of websites off off this SaaS platform onto WordPress. And then we also had to code up a system that enabled one person to join um, through one login, um, username and password into multiple different courses on different websites. And that was a very large project that took over six months. So that's been an exciting project, that, that one. Oh, that's really cool. Cool. Well, I appreciate you taking us on your career journey today. What's the best way our listeners to learn more about you and your company? Oh, it's going to the WPTonic.com website. We have all the podcast interviews. I'm a big podcaster myself. I do two podcasts a week. And we have all the interviews from all the leading people in e-learning, WordPress and tech in general on the website. Plus, we've got a very active blog section where we cover, we give multiple articles of, of, that are targeted at people trying to build their first online course or to migrate to WordPress, Greg. Oh, that's awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for taking us on your career journey today, Jonathan. Oh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Craig, and it's been a fantastic interview. Thank you for listening to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Where will our next adventure take us? Subscribe to find out. If you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation, contact Greg through Instagram at GregStanleyLFO. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-L-F-O. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.